us lived up to our potential and managed our resources so well that we could provide for ourselves, our families, and our communities in a meaningful and substantial way. Join Step Right with Lynn, the show dedicated to empowering socially conscious individuals to manage their financial resources for the benefit of themselves, their families, and the greater community. Here's Lynn Wedham, Certified Financial Planner and Managing Partner at Step Right Capital Planning. Well, surprise, surprise, everybody. Lynn Wedham is having a wonderful holiday while I am here very joyously with you today. I'm Tanya McIntyre filling in for Lynn on holiday. Have a great holiday, Lynn. And I am thrilled to have two special guests joining me on Step Right with Lynn today. We're talking about what would you do if money was not an object? It's a pretty deep question, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. life is pulling us in multiple directions. And, you know, when you think about life in our 24-hour time frame that we have every day, one-third of our lifetime is spent pretty much earning money, going to a job to pay bills. So our question to you today and what Jane and Chris are going to be helping me with is unfolding that deep question, what would change in your life if money was not an object? With me today, two incredible women. I will introduce first Chris Patton. She is a retired lawyer, deputy judge, who found her true calling as an inspirational speaker, an author, a youth coach, and, of course, mom of the most important job of all. And her book is going to be published very soon. The book is titled Showing Up, Becoming the Me I Want to Be. How powerful (laughs) is that? And she also has Transmax 21. That's a program for students. She's been presenting that in Waterloo Region High School for years. Now, Chris also operates the Mental Edge in Sports Performance. So she's coaching people into their full potential as athletes. Just an incredible woman. Chris also offers a series of talks for parents as well. She's done an incredible um, job raising her two boys, and now she helps foster communication in the principles that she teaches at home. Chris, welcome to the show. I'm going to be speaking more with you in a minute about our deep question, so I want you to reflect on that. What would you do if money was not an object, Chris? And I suspect that you're already doing it, like like all of us. Hi, Chris. And we have Jane with us today. Jane W. is going to pronounce her last name for us. (laughs) I call her just Jane, and uh, actually she called herself just Jane, when she is singing and songwriting, how multi-talented is this woman? She's also a mom, the most important job on earth, and she's a caregiver to her mom, also an incredibly important job, as all of our parents now are into their golden years. Uh, my dad just passed recently, so I can certainly relate with, uh, with her caregiving job. Jane, we're going to talk about that too. And Jane has recently launched a magazine to share inspiration and promote positive media. How great is that? It is called I Love My Life magazine, and I am thrilled to have just joined Jane and Carol and Susie. We are four powers to be reckoned with now with I Love My Life magazine. You can learn more about that 
on ilovemylifemagazine.com. Welcome, ladies. Thank you for joining me. Thank you, Tanya. That was a long-winded intro, wasn't it? Let me have a little sip of water. That's okay. Those are really good. I, I, I haven't done hosting on online radio for quite a while. So I wanted to make this kind of just an open conversation asking a pretty deep question, and I couldn't think of two better women to do that for us. So, Jane, I'm going to start with you because I want you to pronounce your last name for me again. Wardashinsky. Wardashinsky. It's easy. It's phonetically, easy. But when I'm, when I'm looking at the spelling, it's like, oh, how do I do that? One it's of the a challenges. W. It's a d- okay, so I'm going to call sound. you Jane W. or just Jane. Just Jane. Uh, Jane, you have... Yeah, you have done so much in life, uh, singer, songwriting. If I had your talent, Jane, I would not be leaving the stage. But you've had a challenge with that. Can you maybe just touch a little bit on that first? Well, um, yeah, I was kind of all ready to do some recording. And uh, when I was 40-ish, I think that's really, I just really started getting into it about uh I was about 38, and um, I found a guy that we really clicked playing together, and, uh, and then we got a drummer and bass player, and we were recording, and we were we were playing out here and there and everywhere, and and I had a uh, health issue that I needed to take care of, and it was uh, a schwannoma that was in between my. Uh, lung in my rib cage, and it was about the size of a golf ball. And the doctor said, "Well, we'll just take that out because you're young, and you're, you know, we'll test it later." Mm-hmm. And uh, after they took it out, my arm, my they there was a damage to my ulnar nerve, and I could never play the same way again. So it was pretty frustrating. It was a, it was like the death of me. <laughs> One of the many deaths of me. I think that was my ego dying off, you know, a little bit here, a little bit there. But that's good. Ego dying is good. (laughs) Well, certainly the death of our egoic self can always be a a good thing, but it's not really a a path that many of us choose to take because it's it's not, it doesn't come without pain when you take that inner journey. No. No. So I love my life magazine.com. It's nothing short of a miracle how things manifest in life. And I think when we do the work required to be a conscious creator in our lives, then that's when we really experience miracles. And a miracle for me happened when I was in a wellness office and I was at a path in my life where I really wasn't sure which direction to take. And one of my passwords is I love my life. And in fact, I had even gone online trying to get the domains, I love my com, and they were both taken, even though I don't think either one of them are in use. So a lot of domain hunters will take catchy names trying to sell them for thousands of dollars later when, when it may, might become trendy. So then I come across this I love my life magazine amongst all the fashion magazines in this wellness center, and I thought, oh, my God, it talked to me. It yelled to me from the table. So those are the kinds of miracles that happen in my life all the time. So I'm really pumped about being involved with this magazine. I think it has tremendous potential. 
and I've joined in a marketing capacity. So I'm very excited to uh, celebrate the fact that we've just been accepted recently by Magazines Canada. So now we are across Canada. We are in every chapter's bookstore. I've been going into chapters myself. That's kind of an undercover Is it really really there? (laughs) It's really there. It is. What a great feeling that is. And so, Jane, I'm so thrilled that our paths have crossed, and I'm looking forward to seeing where this road is going to take us. Can you tell me where I Love My Life magazine came from? Where where did that whole concept begin for you? Well, it uh, kind of evolved from an idea, a couple ideas. One was uh, from a an artist group. We were doing the Artist Wave by Julie Cameron about five years ago, four years ago maybe. And um, I was working with a four different ladies who were all writers and artists and I thought at that point I wanted to do a magazine but nobody else wanted to do anything they were nobody was ready so I I did it I did a prototype and I put it away and uh, and then when I was laid off my job last year in August because I guess that's what happens when you're 52 and you know too much <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants to deal with you anymore. Um, so the opportunity was there for the store, which we have as well. And uh, and then I wanted to advertise the store. So I was going to do it in a local paper, in a local magazine. And I didn't really like their layout, so I redid the whole thing. And then I was meeting up with a couple other ladies who were writing. And one of them was Susie Hollihan, who has... Uh, been kind of in and out of my life all for, uh, I don't know, 25 years or no, maybe 20 years since my kids were uh, little. Uh, we lived two doors away from them and my daughter played with her daughter actually, but we never really got to know each other. So we always said hi in passing at the school where she worked and because my kids went to that school too, but then she showed up and she's like, I know you. And I said, I know you. <laughs> Hey, why don't we just do our own magazine? Because that's what I really want to do. I don't want to do somebody else's magazine. I want to do my own magazine. And she also wanted to do some writing. And she, so this, it just kind of went from there. And the whole I Love My Life theme comes from uh, a woman that I know who is uh, a neighbor of mine up north at a cottage we bought. And she's been through many, many struggles and hurdles. And her, uh, her, theme and many people follow her and she's inspired many people is yelling out I love my life just to make it real for her that Mm. this is this is the only way I can live is to love my life because that's that's what I have and that's how life changes right so you love your life being what you want it to be right yeah she does contributed her story to the third edition of I love my life magazine yes She's got it, her. She's got her. Her story kind of um, goes through each a little bit of a little bit of one of one of the stories that kind of made it real. The whole saying "I love my life" is in the first, second, and the third um, magazines. But the the first magazine she bought <clears throat> all. She has she has foster kids. She's about I don't know seventeen of them. <laughs> and they all come back 
for Christmas and and Easter, and she, you know, she's the matriarch of this family, and she gave them all magazines. And when they read the, I was there for the one uh, party this past Christmas, and the one one of the girls was reading it, and she was crying, and she goes, "I remember that day, blah blah blah." So it's very interesting, and there's been an impact on all those kids too, from the stories and from her. Uh, the idea of loving your life no matter what happens, um, they're getting it now, you know. They didn't understand quite why she was doing what she was doing because she went outside and yelled, I love my life, when there was a really traumatic episode in her life. And they didn't really get it, but now they're getting it. So it's very interesting. Mm. Yeah, it's it's a profound way to deal with... um like you said, something tragic happening in our lives. You know, we all deal with grief differently. And for her to express that so vividly, so loudly, so profoundly um, to her family, I, I'm just, I get goosebumps when I think of what she must have been feeling and how that I love my life shouting that. Because I've done that sometimes to relieve anxiety is just yeah. go somewhere even driving in the car on the 401 nobody's going to hear you anyway and scream yeah. at the top of your lungs almost to a point that it hurts yeah there's a there's a release in that that um mm. yeah it's difficult to describe you have to so i've read a little bit a little bit of uh carol's it was carol yes yeah mm-hmm. i don't have i don't have the yeah carol's story yeah. so you can actually download the PDF of that of our magazine now for a nominal fee. We're practically giving it away <laughs> just to build our audience. So you can go to ilovemylifemagazine.com and you can download previous issues of the magazine. We've got our fall issue underway now and uh, I am just thrilled to be a contributing writer the next issue. I'm very excited. And also a contributing writer who will be joining us is also a guest on the show with us today, Chris Patton. And we are going to be talking to Chris about our topic today. We kind of got off our topic, but we're asking the deep question because of our lives being pulled in so many directions. And we spend a third of our lives normally working, earning money to pay bills. So we're asking you, what would you change in your life? If money was no object, I'm Tanya McIntyre filling in for Lynn Wetham on Step Right with Lynn. We're going to be back and we're going to be talking with Chris Patton this time on the topic of living life with passion. We'll be back in just a moment on A to Zen.fm. Is there a contribution that you dream of making? In society, planned giving seems to be presented as something you do once you're incredibly wealthy or planning your estate. Step Right with Lynn focuses on good money management and planning your contribution at every step based on the issues important to you. Learn how to expand the goodness around you and take responsibility for the issues important to you. Tune in for Step Right with Lynn every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central Time, 7 a.m. Mountain Time, and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on AtoZen.fm. This is Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham is a certified financial planner. To participate in the program today, please call toll-free in the U.S. 815-880-8255. 
That's 815-880-TALK. Or in Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at atizen.fm. You can also make the choices to ask or comment by email by sending to lynn at stepright.ca. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham is enjoying a horseback riding hiking holiday. So I know she's having a wonderful time because uh, horses are Lynn's passion, along with being a financial planner, of course. My name is Tanya McIntyre. I'm filling in with Lynn while she's uh, filling in for Lynn while she's on holiday. My passion is positive media, having spent uh, far too long in the broadcast industry. I was a broadcast journalist in mainstream media, and uh, my soul just couldn't take any more of being immersed in negative news every day. So you can imagine how excited I was when I came across I Love Magazine. And now I am so happy to be back uh, on online radio. I love the fact that we're living in an age of technology where we can, at a press of a button, get we can link and connect with stuff that really aligns with us. The deep question we are asking on Lynn's program today while I am at the helm is, what would you do if money was not an object? You know, life is pulling us in so many directions, and when we are faced with uh, certain decisions about our vocation, we normally go where there is more money so we can pay the bills that never seem to end. Chris Patton uh, certainly knows all about that. She is a retired lawyer uh, and deputy judge. She found her true calling as an inspirational speaker, author, and youth coach, and of course, her most important job, mom. And she has a book coming out soon, showing up, because becoming the me I want to be. I love that title, Chris. Thanks for joining us today. Good morning, Tanya. It's a pleasure to be here, for sure. Chris, you've had an incredible, inspiring life. And you made a conscious. (laughs) It may seem that to others. I don't know. I try living it anyway. (laughs) Uh, Well, thank you for that. And um, it's it's been there's never any boredom in my house. That's for sure. Um, And yeah, I I was at a place where I spent a lot of money and a lot of time training for something that I had um, kind of fixed on from the time I was about 12 years old. And that was to become a lawyer. And my dad uh, practiced law in Kitchener for 30 years. And uh, he must have planted the seed, even though he never put pressure on me to do that. So I, um, I achieved that. I became a lawyer and I practiced insurance defense litigation for eight years uh, in Kitchener. Um, and for many reasons, left that profession. Um, and one of the biggest ones was I had two small children at home. And by the way, I have a daughter and a son. Alex is short for Alexandria. Oh. Uh, we're now 20, 25 and 19. And um, I just felt that raising them was a far more worthy use of my time. And so I set it aside, not easily, um, but I did. Um, I, I also had come to the conclusion that it was just not me. The profession of law and what I was doing just didn't fit with who I was. And I mean, it took me eight years to figure that out. But after being at home for a year and a bit, um, man, no one trained me for that. <laughs> I, I needed something to keep my mind from you know, becoming mush. So I went back into the courts um, 
and became a part-time deputy judge. And that was an awesome, awesome way to keep my mind active and, of course, to preserve my ability to practice law if I ever wanted to go back into it, which I, I didn't. But that wore, that wore on me again. And at the end of seven years, so I had a, a law profession for 15 years, it was time to, it was time to walk away um, permanently. And that was, a, again, a very difficult decision to make. But I had, I had this calling in my gut, which I'd always followed, for something different. And that's when things changed for me. And, you know, your question today about, you know, if money was no object, what would I do? Um, I thought long and hard about that, and, and I, I'm doing it, I think. <laughs> Every penny uh, I have is going towards building three businesses that I um, I plan to take around the world because, you know, when you ask a lot of people, what their passion is, what they'd love to do. And this particular question, many people say travel, which I think is a cool thing because obviously everyone has a deep yearning to see the world and experience the world and connect with cultures and people. And that's cool because imagine if nobody felt that. We would be in a very worse place, I think, than we are now. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I'll tell you, this this travel thing, I thought further about that for me. While I love being in the other places and experiencing all the wondrous things the world has to offer. I'm not keen on the actual travel. <laughs> if I'm too old or what happened, but you know, it can be very uncomfortable. That doesn't, that's not to say that I'm not going to do it, but um, my goal, my bucket list, my intentions are to bring my businesses around the world and experience while I'm providing my gifts and, and helping mm-hmm. people. That's really what drives me. That's my passion. Well, and your passion is expressed in your up soon to be published book as well, showing up, becoming the me I want to be. How did that unravel yeah. for you? Well, thank you. I'm really, really excited about this. Has been a five-year project. I was speaking in um, the high schools, and I have been for some time, and and I spoke in a, a particular leadership class. And at the end of um, the speaking gig, the teacher sat down and critiqued me, and I will be forever grateful to this particular person, and, and I will mention him in my book. Um, he said, you know, what you're talking about is really awesome, but um, you really need to, to get it into print. And uh, so I, I think technically I sat down the next day and I began to write, absolutely, and I wrote until, that was in January of 2010, and I was mm-hmm. finished uh, the words stopped flowing in, in or about August, and I had the guts of a book. Uh, and various things happened in my life. I came in and out of the project, and I had a feeling it was not ready for many years, but kept driving forward, you know, to, to get it to where it is today. And, and uh, anyway, it, I, I ended up having the absolute amazing opportunity to work with my daughter um, as a sounding board and an editor. She's just the wisest being ever. And I needed um, somebody to bounce ideas off of to find out, you know, am I crazy for saying this or how should I say this? And she was just an awesome sounding board for me. So she and I managed to get the project to where it was when uh, very synchronistically I came in contact with my beautiful editor-publisher, um, Sherry Andronick of um, Insightful Communications Partner Publishing. And so the book is in the edit phase, and I'm very excited that um, the plan is to have it for the end of the year, and either an ebook or print or both, and I'll be able to uh, to take it, yeah, where I need to go. And um, you know, that's 
what I discovered about writing the book, and, and, and this is in the, the foreword that when I, I came across a quote or a piece of information when I was writing that said, you know, 50,000 books a day are published in North America. And I went, whoa, wow, who is going to want to read my book? And then I realized the purpose of it not only was to help people, and if anybody connected with it, awesome. If I could help even one person, I've done my job. But more than that, the book was for me. And I loved the connection and the flow that I felt as the words, you know, flowed from my mind through my body, out through my fingertips and, and to my keyboard um, as the book took shape. That was an awesome feeling. And I didn't even know that I had that in me. You know, I never wow. thought about doing that. That's kind of what happened in the process. So I realized I love writing. Um, oh. And that's been a really cool realization for me to come to at this part of my life. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited. Um, it's it's about it's my demographic is uh, 15 to 30, 35. These are these are young people who are looking for jobs and careers, and it, it's tough today. Everybody well, knows there's change happening. Yeah, we went through a recession of the 90s um, when I had just gotten married. So I can certainly relate with how tough it was because my husband and I had just gotten married. He was from the UK. Uh, so very well trained, but we were living in Nova Scotia at the time, which uh, got hit doubly hard by that that recession. So, you know, kids are coming out of university now in these days with tens of thousands of dollars worth of debt, and many are unable to find even minimum wage paying jobs. Um, so yeah. I think you're with you're on the same page with me, Chris, and and I'm sure Jane is as well. Is that the earlier kids learn entrepreneurial uh, skills, talents, attributes, the better. I mean, you know, even if you don't eventually become an entrepreneur, bringing those skills even to a workplace uh, can give, bring you greater fulfillment. Yeah, for sure. Uh, mining the entrepreneurial skills is what we all need to do today. And as far as I'm concerned, any time that you know thyself, recognize who you are, what makes you tick, where you might fit in the world and being yourself fearlessly is is what the object of the day is and that's mm-hmm. what the book is designed to do it's it's the inner mental and emotional conditioning to planning a career that is happiness sustaining uh not not just to pay the bills you know get up in the morning go to work come home wonder what your life is all for this is designed to help um create a plan that's intrinsic to aligning all parts of us with, you know, I, I, and I talked about this in the third chapter, is I believe that the hidden keys as to what we're all doing here, our unique and special purpose, is deep inside of us. It's not anywhere else. It's not, it's not in anyone else's opinion. It's not in a book. It's not on a billboard. What we're here to do is deep inside of us. And until you make that inquiry... You really don't know where you fit. But once you find your fit, I think life flows. And I've learned that in my own life. And I'm watching others around me unfold in that way. And I believe that's the new way of being. And now's the time. Now's the time mm-hmm. for high school students to start thinking about that um, while they're getting their education, while they can try things and make mistakes or not and grow in these years of development in so many ways, when you're under the, your parents' wing, for example, you have their support, you have their love and their care and their guidance, 
now's the time to try things. Try, try, try. Okay. Find a mentor. You know? Yeah. Follow and... your passions. You know, can your passions make a dollar for you? And can you, or maybe it, maybe it is a matter of finding a job that pays the bills while you pursue your passion and your flow on the side until it can become something that is sustainable. Maybe that's what Defining it is. passions, yeah, Chris, very important. And it's something that we don't encourage kids to do because kids in mainstream education are encouraged to conform, right? You have to sit in. Sure. The sooner you sit in, the easier things will be. Yeah, the pedagogy so, is to find the answer that the teacher wants you to say, and it's not necessarily to think outside the box. And if you read Amanda Lang's uh, The Power of Why, you see how that is. We've been all conditioned not to think necessarily outside of the box, but it's the outside of the box thinking now that is used in industry. Um, that is, the innovative thinking is what is successful these days. And if people believe in you know, the bottom line dollar, um, you're going to find that the, the most well-performing companies in industry are are showing that that, in fact, is truth. And Executive EQ by Robert Cooper is, is what talks about that. It's the emotional alchemy. It's the intuition. It's all those things that are sort of supposedly the soft skills that are really helping those companies thrive these days. So there's a real change afoot. And yes, we have been conditioned to not daydream. Don't spend time on our feelings. Don't spend time on our passions because they're a waste of time. And that book will show you exactly why that that's not true anymore. It probably never was, but... It might have worked what, for a while, you, but that seemed to be. What's the book again, Chris? It's or, called Executive. Yeah, yeah. I, I've been selling this book all over the place. I really should get a commission, but it's it's called Executive e, e, Executive EQ, and it, the authors are Robert Cooper and uh, I'm Sawaf. And okay. it's my Bible. It's 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 a very interesting read. It's well written. It's just to me, it's the it's it. Um, and sure. and I'm, I'm actually talking about this. Yeah, I'm actually talking about this book when I'm training my athletes and that is, you know, when things are going when things are going south in your game and your usual strategies aren't working, what do you do? What do you do? Right? It's time to change the channel. You know, the definition of insanity according to Albert Einstein is what? Is insanity is doing, doing the same the thing same over thing and over expecting a different <laughs> result. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, what do what do most of us do when when the chips are down and things aren't working out? What do we tell ourselves? What does a coach tell players? What do we tell our kids? Work harder. That's insane. Why would you work harder at something that's not working? So, really, it's a matter of changing the channel. Now, what do we do? Now we grab our think outside of the box techniques and strategies, and we see what works. And to me, Sounds this great. is key. We're going to this talk is... more about that in just a moment with Chris Patton. I'm Tanya McIntyre filling in for Lynn Wetham on Step Right with Lynn. Lynn's on holiday this week. We'll be returning with more from Chris Patton and Jane W. on the topic of living life with passion. Back in just a moment on A to Zen.fm. Is there a contribution that you dream of making? In society, planned giving seems to be presented as something you do once you're incredibly wealthy or planning your estate. Step Right with Lynn focuses on good money management and planning your contribution at every step based on the issues important to you. Learn how to expand the goodness around you and take responsibility for the issues important to you. Tune in for Step Right with Lynn every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central Time, 7 a.m. Mountain Time, and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on A to Zen.fm. This is Step Right with Lynn. 
Lynn Wedham is a certified financial planner. To participate in the program today, please call toll-free in the U.S., 815-880-8255. That's 815-880-TALK. Or in Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at atizen.fm. You can also make the choices to ask or comment by email by sending to lynn at stepright.ca. Now, back to the program. We're back. Tanya's probably going to get a glass of water, so <laughs> let's see. <laughs> Where'd she go? <laughs> Tanya, come back. Anyway, we're talking about, let's see, we're talking about what would you do if there were no limits uh, financial? If money was no object. Yeah, are you, yeah, are you doing it. that? <laughs> Am I doing, doing it? it? Yeah. Well, I'm sure. I'm kind of I am kind of doing it. It's a miracle every day because, you know, I don't Hello. know what's going to happen. Hi, Tanya. <laughs> what happened? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Dane and I started talking, so it's okay. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, guys, for jumping in there. No problem. So we're talking about what would we do in our lives if money was no problem? And we left with uh, Chris giving us some profound advice about, you know, seizing the moment, defining what it is we want. The earlier we can do that, the better. Uh, yeah. I'm going to be picking up that book, Chris, Executive EQ. It sounds like a fascinating read. I think and, is. yeah. So let's ask people to define what their passions are. I think uh, for me, that took longer than necessary in life to happen because someone in authority derailed my dream early on in high school. I had a guidance counselor when I said I wanted to be a foreign correspondent, someone who covered global events traveling the world. She said, oh, no, no, dear, that is no vocation for a lady. So one sentence from somebody perceived an authority for me derailed my dream until later on when the path kind of uh, appeared again and I took it. So I, uh, tell me about a time in your life, Jane, perhaps, that you were derailed by a dream and what what did it take to get you back on path? <laughs> I've been derailed many times. I'm like a Roomba. I just go in, you know, <laughs> one direction, bump into a wall, turn around, go in another direction. Um most of my derailing probably uh we were talking about this on our radio show um changing you know changes and how they happen but for me because my mother has been um and something that I've had to deal with all my life since I've been 6 uh I have to do um what is necessary to keep her pacified and not freaking out. So it's been a lifelong process for me to be able to become who I want to be and figure out who I want to be because I didn't even know what I wanted because I was so concerned with her. So 
we I just tried doing things that would make me feel better. You know, okay, I'm going to go in graphic design and advertising. Okay, I'm going to do music. Okay, I'm going to do whatever. Um, and I also homeschooled my kids for five years, which was, and we didn't just homeschool, we unschooled. So uh, they, that was another thing that I decided to do, and that took a full commitment. So I don't know if it's necessarily one thing that I decided that, okay, now i got to do this passion thing. Because I didn't know what my passion was for the longest time. I had too many passions. There, it was too hard to narrow it down to one. So what, whatever was screaming at me at the moment, that's what I kind of dove into and gave my all. When it kind of petered out and it went in a different direction, then I'm, I was able to uh, see and investigate other options and see what kind of piqued my interest. But derailing has been part of my life. <laughs> so if you want to know how to get back on track, just ask me. I'll I'll help you out there. <laughs> I'm intrigued by uh, de-schooling your children in addition to homeschooling them. What do you mean when you say de-schooling? Well, we we did not follow a curriculum. They're, they were child-directed. It was all the, what their interests were. We infinitely do- dove into each of their interests until they were cleared of whatever they like until they figured out all they wanted to know about that topic and then we went on to something else so my daughter went back into school I took her out in grade uh, two and she went back at the end of grade seven so she was a little uncomfortable at first but she actually asked me to take her out she asked me to put her back in so I went it's basically cued by the kid because there is they are, you learn how to speak. You learn how to, you know, kids are amazing. They learn how to do everything. If we just allow ourselves um, to not listen to the outside voice of everybody else and your ego telling you, oh, you can't do that, you can't do that, because that's just records playing from, you know, who knows what. <laughs> you can't, you're going to fall on your face. <laughs> yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> just shut up and go away. <laughs> that's what I, it's like, the not listening to that inner roommate that you have that tells you, oh, I can't do that, you can't do that. No, you just got to kick them out, give them their notice, and do what you what you are excited about, what excites you, what gives you life, you know, what gives you life mm-hmm. and doesn't suck the life out of you. Well, that's that's great for your kids, Jane. I'm I'm happy to know because I, I know that homeschooling can make a pretty big difference in someone's life. And well, then, once but then there are. Sorry. Once, Go ahead. Once my uh, daughter just graduated from OCAD U, and she plans on going to Japan to teach English. She may go to Germany to teach English and do art. Uh, my son's in school right now as well, still, and he is uh, doing um, a. Um, uh, IT design. So they did what they wanted to do. I just was a facilitator. That's all I did. Mm. And that's that's pretty much the job of parents, isn't it, to be a facilitator? Because I think mainstream media messages to parents now are to be a child friend. Not sure no. if that's the answer. No. I told my daughter, I'm not going to be a friend. You're going to not. You're not going to like me very much for a little while. <laughs> she, we did, it was pretty strained relationship, 
when she turned 13-ish because, you know, it's that age where they don't want to deal with you at all. But um, we've, we've, it's coming around. It was hard, though, because I, it was like I lost my best friend because we did everything together. And I was so sad when she went back to school because we had so much fun going out and doing things. And it was like I was being homeschooled, too, you know. (laughs) Well, in many ways you were, I think. I was. Yeah, it was great fun. Well, we are in conversation today with uh, Jane W., just Jane, I call her jokingly because I can yet to pronounce her last name. I'm going to have to practice, practice, practice. Uh, Jane and I just uh, joined paths on path with Susie Hollihan and Carol Dahmer on a project called ilovemylifemagazine.com. It's an incredible hard copy. I'm very tactile. I think like uh, a lot of women of our generation, we prefer to actually have a book in our hands rather than reading something online. But uh, with us, you have the option of both, and we will be happy to deliver that to you for a small postal fee. How great is that? (laughs) I'm so excited about this project, Jane. Where do you see it going? I know I have my vision. I'm curious to know yours. Well, I I can see it going national and being picked up by some pretty big players. So I just think it's a matter of perseverance and keep, you know, stick to the knitting and keep going and show up. Keep showing up. Keep showing up. It's hard, though. Sometimes it's like, what's going to happen now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what's going to happen next? But keep showing up. Really, that's part. That's ninety percent of it. And there, there, I heard something in your vocabulary that I don't hear from you very often. It's hard. Interesting how we are so easily programmed by mainstream media that we are never good enough, we're never thin enough, we're never rich enough, we're never smart enough. Uh, that's why my passion is positive media, and why I'm so excited to be involved in this project. I love my life magazine dot com. It is about loving our lives. We we tend to think that we are living into infinity when, in fact, when you reach a stage in life, uh, when you're looking ahead at fewer years than are behind you, then I think you, you're forced to start asking yourself that those deeper questions. Um, some of us choose to take that inner path and look inward, something that we were not encouraged to do growing up. Um, Some continue to live on autopilot. So the question that we're asking today is, what would you do if money was not an object? Um, Luckily, the three women who are communicating with you today, we are all pretty much doing that. We are doing what we are passionate about because even though money may be an object, are we making an, it an object? Chris, what are your feelings on that? Um, yeah, my businesses, all three of them are in development. So, I mean, there's always that period of time when, you know, you look on a financial statement and you're horrified. But I, I firmly believe in all parts of my being that I'm doing the right thing, that I think there's a need. Um, I've been affirmed in that in many ways. And and you know, I, I had coffee with another friend um, 
a couple days ago, and we just decided we had to just, just like you said, Jane, it's just keep going, just keep going, keep going, keep going. It's education, it's um, getting it out there, it's it's settling the intentions. Uh, it's not selling, it's, it's basically inviting people into the conversation about whatever it is we're doing. And, and you know what, ladies, congratulations. I think your magazine idea is a beautiful vehicle for... Um, some great ideas and, and what a better way to engage people in conversations about what's important. So well done to all of you. Thank you. Would you like Thank to advertise? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, we're actually uh, very, very grateful that Chris is uh, a contributing author. So we're looking forward to seeing her, her articles coming up. Yeah, we are now a quarterly magazine. Mm-hmm. You can advertise yourself. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I, I mean, you know what? I have to. I have. I'm not a marketer, you see, and I. I need oh. to. So I need to think more in terms of that. I just do stuff because I like it. Yes. <laughs> Truth be told, and and I and I like to share my gifts. But you know, in terms of of living the passion, that is the question today that we're we're really addressing. Um, you know, when you're living your passion, when your balance sheet sucks. You don't say it on air, I know, but that's that's how you know that you love what you're doing, and and it's so, it is so for me. I truly love my life, and that's a great title for a magazine. It's a great title for anything. I do. I'm so blessed. I, I look around at the abundance and the opportunities and the people in my life, my family, um, and it's that gratitude piece. It's huge, right? When you can look around and go, wow, things are really, really good. That's what invites more of it in, and that's key. Gratitude, yes, very, very powerful. Um, My name is Tanya McIntyre. I'm filling in for Lynn Wedham on Step Right with Lynn today. We're going to be returning in just a moment. We're having a fantastic conversation with Jane and Chris. We're talking about living life with passion, and we're going to be back in just a moment here on A to Zen.fm. a contribution that you dream of making. In society, planned giving seems to be presented as something you do once you're incredibly wealthy or planning your estate. Step Right with Len focuses on good money management and planning your contribution at every step based on the issues important to you. Learn how to expand the goodness around you and take responsibility for the issues important to you. Tune in for Step Right with Lynn every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central Time, 7 a.m. Mountain Time, and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on AtoZen.fm. This is Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham is a certified financial planner. To participate in the program today, please call toll-free in the U.S. 815-880-8255. That's 815-880-TALK. Or in Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at atizen.fm. You can also make the choices to ask or comment by email by sending to lynn at stepright.ca. Now, back to the program. Are you here? <laughs> Are we All having right, it's you and me again. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. When the cat's not away. Ah, <laughs> when the cat's away the mice will play. <laughs> Hello, people. What's going on? Hello. 
Hello. We're having a good time. <laughs> we are. Hey. <laughs> What's going on? Am I back? You're back. You're back. Yay. Yay. What the heck? Is it is it the mute on my iPhone that's not working properly? I'm oh, sure. maybe. Maybe you're muting. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. I'm Tanya McIntyre filling in for Lynn Wedham on Step Right with Lynn. And I'm joined by Jane W. and Chris Patton. Uh, Jane W. is a co-owner with me of ilovemylifemagazine.com along with Susie Hollihan and Carol Dahmer. And on the show with us today is Chris Patton, a retired lawyer, deputy judge, who is now following her passion and true calling as an inspirational speaker, author, youth coach, and mom. And we're going to be looking forward to your book, Chris. Can you tell us uh, the title and when we can expect it to be available and how we can stay connected to you and get that book when it is available? Oh, thanks for asking, Tanya. Yeah, it's called Showing Up, Becoming the Me I Want to Be. And it's learning about aligning the self uh, with work. Um, it's in the editing phase. I am aiming for the end of the year. Will be available um, ebook or print. Not sure yet. We're going to have to see. And uh, right now, the website that is active is for my Mental Edge and Sports Performance business. And that email is C Patton P P T O N small case at mesperf m e s p e r f dot com and mesperf is short for mental edge in sports performance. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, Thank you. we will um, stay connected with you, Chris, and we're going to have all this information on the a to zen dot fm website as well, so you can catch those links there as well. Now, Chris, you also offer a series of talks for parents helping to foster communication of the principles that you teach at home. How old are your kids now, your boy and girl? I, I apologize. I thought uh, Alex oh, no. was like, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's, it's funny. A lot of people think that. Uh, Alex, Alexandria, my beautiful daughter is 25, and I'm 35, so don't do the math. Um, <laughs> and and my son, Scott, is 19. And um, boy, oh boy, they're, they're quite amazing, and they're on their own journeys, and they're going to shake up this world too. So uh, I'm glad I spent time with them that I did. We had a blast the three of us. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember getting into a lot of trouble when I was on mainstream media. <clears throat> I remember talking about being parked at a red light. So I was encouraged, even though I was the news person on the morning show, I was encouraged to interact with uh, the host about life, you know, personal. We were supposed to share things about our lives to connect better with the audience. At least that was the initial objective. until one day I explained that I was stopped at a red light and there were a group of about eight or nine teenagers. I'd say they were like 12 or 13 years old. And they're all joking around and this one kid blew a hawker into the air so it landed on my windshield. And all the kids were laughing hilariously. And I said on the radio, I, I conveyed that whole story in the detail and I said, I just put on my windshield washer and just drove away. I said, but, you know, years ago, I would have parked my car, gotten out of the car, grabbed that kid by the scruff of the hood, put him in my car, and I would have taken him home for some accountability. But I can't do that anymore because there's nobody home. And we're bringing up a generation of latchkey kids, and it's something that we really need to look at, the choices now that we're making as, as parents and women 
And and men as well. I mean, husbands finally have the option to take a maternity leave as well, to share that burden with uh, the moms as well. Yeah. But those tough decisions, right, when you're bringing kids into the world and well, it, you have to go out yeah. and earn that living to pay the bills. And mainstream media has us programmed to keep looking outside of ourselves for answers and our power and our passion. And, you know, if we get the better house and the better car and, you know, we can send our kids to university and college, but, you know, all of this what price? fueled by, yeah. So we're yeah. kind and of losing know, our way in a sense, yeah? Well, yes and no. You know, there is a negative message in there for sure, and I do address it in my book in the discussion of what is success, and that is, you know, it's mm-hmm. the seduction of money, power, and fame. But the thing is, you have to remember, well, no one has to do anything. Um, there is an empowerment piece there too, um, because parents who work and who are fulfilled and who exercise their gifts in many ways and who, you know, fight through or battle through difficult circumstances are mentors for our kids. And I think the key is not so much how much time you devote, but being present when you are, being present when you are with your kids. And that's where we fall down in parenthood, I think. Um, yes, there are, you know, it's the reason for your choices have to be addressed. But again, your, your kids need to know that at some point you're there. You are present mm-hmm. for them. You're there to listen. You're there to share. You're there to have fun. Um, that to me And so many kids, yeah. And I think that's why uh, you and I, Chris, are passionate with the work we do in youth groups and such to encourage kids that, you know what, if you don't have that role model at home, because unfortunately a lot of kids don't have responsible parents. You know, some parents should have to (laughs) finish a pass an exam before having children. Unfortunately, some kids don't have that resource of having a good example, a good parent at home. So, you know, the the message I try to get through to them is, you know what, seek out that mentorship. It's very, very important. If you don't have that guidance at home, seek it out in, um, you know, a a peer's parent or a teacher or a guidance counselor or a youth coach. coach. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very important work. Thank you, ladies. Uh, Chris Patton, we're going to have your contact info on the HSN website. And, of course, Jane W., you can stay connected with all of us on ilovemylifemagazine.com. I'm Tanya McIntyre. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for choosing to listen to Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham will return next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Mountain, and 6 a.m. Pacific on AtoZen.fm. We hope you'll join us. Remember to celebrate your wealth by doing something for yourself, your family, and your community. Until next time. Thank you.